This is Meg Tilton at the A Cow Life, episode number 49, Scarcity. This is the A Cow Life, a place where LDS women, and really any woman, can come to learn how every aspect of their life is beautiful and has purpose. A place to help you realize how important you are, and that this place we call Earth just wouldn't be the same without you. So sit back and take a breather in that unfolded laundry, and let's chat for a moment about your amazing life. Welcome back, friends, on this beautiful Monday. I am tired today. Yeah, I am. <laughs> I had to speak in church on Sunday, and I we had stuff going on on Saturday night, and so I knew I had to get it done on Sunday, I mean on Friday, so I was up to like super late. Like I won't even tell you how late it was, but I didn't get very many hours of sleep, so I'm kind of catching up from that. But I'm glad that you're all here today. We are in the full swing of a Monday. It's crazy. I was really hoping that summer would slow down, but... It just is not. I'm hoping in the next couple of weeks it will. But before I kick off the podcast today, I wanted to give a shout out to Slab1978 because this person left me a review and I am so excited. I love reviews. They're great. And so I'm going to read it to you. So Slab1978 says, I got to meet Meg in person. Kate, that, I just have to say that makes me feel like I'm a celebrity. Like, she met me in person. She's probably like one of my friends. (laughs) So anyway, totally love that. And she says, she is bright and happy and not afraid to tackle the raw stuff of life. Thanks, Meg, for bringing insight and meaningful conversation to the sound waves. And thanks for being a great example to so many. Carry on. Thanks, Slab1978. I really appreciate that. So all the rest of you who have not left reviews hop on over to iTunes and leave me a review this week. I'd really, really appreciate it. It would make my week. It totally would. Because when I got that review, it just made it. It was awesome. Okay, so I want to jump into the podcast today. And today's podcast is focusing on scarcity. So I want to start off by telling you of an experience I had a few years ago that I think perfectly depicts what I'm trying to drive at here in talking about scarcity today on the podcast. So, and I'm going to say this story does not paint me in a very good light. Like I kind of toyed around with if I should put this in a podcast where I talk about the devil and the saint, because I would definitely be the devil in this scenario and this story that happened. Maybe I will bring it up again in another podcast. But anyway, today it's going to really play in well to this scarcity idea that I want to teach you. So a few years ago, I was out and about on a Saturday and I decided to stop into a furniture store that's a little bit ways from my house. And so I don't get to go there very often. So I stopped in and we had recently purchased our current home and I was in need of a new couch for up in our loft. And I wasn't serious about buying anything that day, but in this store, I found this gorgeous curved dark gray tufted couch. Like I fell in love the minute I saw it. I was like, that is so beautiful. 
And I loved it so much that I went home and I told Dr. Tilton that I was that we were eventually going to buy this couch. And he was totally on board because he hates back cushions because he thinks they just get, you know, squishy and they fall down. And this doesn't have any back cushions. And so he was like, yeah, that's great. Now, I want you to fast forward just three days later, which was on Tuesday. So this was a Saturday and this was on Tuesday when I got this call. And I got this call from a girl in my ward. And she is not somebody that calls me on a normal basis, so it was a little bit out of the blue, but she was calling to tell me that she had just left this furniture store that I had just been in on that Saturday, and she wanted to let me know that they were going out of business and that everything was now half off. Now, there had been no sign of this going on when I had been in there on Saturday. And so it was kind of random that one that she called me and now that the store was going out of business. So immediately my mind went to this couch that I had liked so much on that Saturday. And I asked her if she had seen it and if it were still available. And she knew exactly what I was talking about because she and her husband had measured it and were going to go home to see if it would fit in their house. The store had already sold actually the one that I had seen on the floor. And so this was the last couch. They brought it out from the back and it was half the price. Now, if you know how much couches are, like that's really awesome, right? To get a couch at half the price. So immediately, you guys, my brain freaked out. It immediately went into scarcity mindset. And it started to tell me that this was the last couch I would ever find at this price. And if I didn't do something immediately, it would be gone. Because it was kind of like first come, first serve. They weren't going to save it. They weren't going to hold it for anybody. And so guess what I did? I hung up from this friend and I literally picked the phone right back up and I dialed the store and I bought it over the phone. So I essentially like bought it right out from under my friends, right? so not good. And so the minute I did it, I kind of snapped out of what I'm going to refer to today as the scarcity trance. Like I was in a total trance and I felt so terrible. And I called my friend and I told her what I had done. Now I could do a whole podcast on shame and guilt that went with this experience. But for today, like I said, I really want to focus on how my brain went to scarcity, and then talk about how all of our brains like to do this and what we can do to make sure that we don't fall for this scarcity mindset anymore. So there's three types of scarcity mindsets that I wanna touch on today. And the first scarcity mindset is what I'm going to call, quote, the last one, unquote. And this, is the kind of mindset that played out in this scenario with my friends. Like I truly believed and my brain was going at this high speed of believing that the couch was the only couch that I would ever find at this price. And if I didn't get it, I would never find another one like it ever again. My mind was totally closed off to any other possibility and I had total tunnel vision and couldn't see that this was not true in any way, right? That was not true. Do you know how many couches there are out there and how many sales happen? So we experience this type of scarcity a lot in several areas of our lives, but purchases are always a great example of this. So why do you think that stores have sales? 
quote-unquote sales. It's to create an urgency and to trick our brains into thinking that this is the only time you're ever going to get a particular product at a particular price. And we buy a lot of things from scarcity, not from need or from want, but because we think we're never going to get them again. And we do this from things as trivial as, say, like apples at the store, all the way up to buying a car or a house, right? We can do it with little purchases and we do it with big purchases. So this is the first one, the last one type of mindset. Okay. The second type of scarcity mindset is the one that I'm going to call, quote, too many choices, end quote, mindset, and is one that I can again use a couch purchasing example to illustrate. There's a lot of couch examples today, so (laughs) this must be a way that, you know, Heavenly Father has set this up for me to be able to teach as he's given me a lot of couches to talk about. Anyway, when my husband and I were first married, we finally decided that the hand-me-down couch that we had had was had run its course and we were going to purchase our first couch and we were living in Michigan at the time and so we went to a large local furniture store and we went in there and we're just literally overwhelmed by the number of couches to choose from the number of styles the fabrics the warranty packages seemed endless and it took us six months to finally decide on which couch to buy And yet still, I had a lot of doubt that I was making the right decision. And so my scarcity mindset surrounding this was that I would pick the wrong one. And that if I did pick the wrong one, that I would be stuck and never be able to get another couch. Like there was no way out of it. And when we think things are final is when we get into trouble with this mindset. So nothing is final. Having a finite final type mindset is dangerous because it eliminates our abilities to change, grow, and progress, and to change maybe some things or decisions that we've made, right? So if every decision that we make, we think, that's it, that's the final decision, I can never change it, that's really, really damaging and really um, hindering to our growth. So we need to be really careful of that. And this was exactly what was going on when we purchased this first couch of ours. So the third type of scarcity mindset is the quote, never enough, end quote, mindset. I actually got this one from listening to Brenna Brown recently. And she talks about this in relation to our views of ourselves and how we show up in the world. So we tend to feel like we are never enough, right? We get this from social media, the way we perceive the world, and our own self-talk. We can really have a lot of scarcity mindset self-talk when we're like, I'm not thin enough, I'm not smart enough, I'm not creative enough, I'm not pretty enough, I'm not good enough, I'm not whatever enough, athletic enough. There's so many areas where we can have a scarcity of things that we're not. And this mindset is so dangerous because we can often give up and not reach for big goals or improve ourselves because we have a sense that no matter what we do, it will never be enough. Now, I saw a form of this recently in one of my children. I wasn't actually there when this happened, but my husband told me about it. 
And he is playing club soccer this year, and he tried out for two teams. And in the first tryout, he did great and performed really well. And in the second tryout, he totally disengaged and withdrew himself mentally because he was afraid of making a mistake. He finally found himself in a position which he hasn't found himself a lot in, where he wasn't the best player on the team. And he could see this, and in my husband said you could absolutely watch him as he internalized this. And instead of giving it a solid effort, he slipped into the mindset of, I'm never going to be enough. And so he took himself out of the running right then and there. Isn't that fascinating how we can do that? How many times have you gone into a situation and assessed it and been like, I do not compare. I am not as good as all of these people. There's no way I could ever compete. I'm not good enough. And so you take yourself out and you never actually try right? You never actually give it your best effort because I think that that's all false. It's all false. You may not be exactly like somebody else in a situation and you may not be as good as somebody at certain things in a situation, but that doesn't mean that you are not enough and that maybe you don't have very valuable skill sets to give to a team or a lot of potential to grow and become into that skill set or that characteristic or whatever you position you find yourself in, there is always room that you are enough. You just might not know that skill set right now, right? So here's the question. What do we do if we find ourselves in any of these mindsets? And I believe we really all find ourselves at times in any one of these mind thought patterns and mindsets. So I know we've all fallen into one or all of them actually at some point in our life. So I believe the first thing we have to do is recognize what we are doing. So in all the coaching that I do and in all the work I see my clients do, the ones who make the most progress and change are the ones that realize the way they are thinking and then decide to change. Did you catch that? You have to realize what your brain is doing before you can change. There has to be like an aha moment, like a recognition of what you're doing before you can change. It is very hard to change if you don't see the problem first. So in the first example of where I was buying the couch from under my friends, I did eventually see what I was doing and that my brain was going to this last one mindset. And this was good because now when I am again faced with a similar situation, I can hopefully step back from my brain and realize what it's doing and then hopefully make a more wise decision. Like be like, this is not the last one. It's not that big of a deal. I'm going to wait and see if they want it. And then if they want it, great. If they don't, well, then maybe I'll think about it and um, consider purchasing it, right? So in the second example, I have worked hard in the years since the purchase of our first couch to realize that there are a lot of choices, 
but I can make one and if it doesn't work out, I can go back and change it. So this was really evident just about two years ago. Again, I purchased a new couch. So the couch that I purchased from under my friends essentially is up in our loft, but then I was replacing that very first couch that my husband and I had bought together that took six months for our living space area. And that room is kind of an odd shape and dimension. And so I had a designer help me pick out a couch. And I kind of basically told her what I wanted and she sent me a picture of one style and I liked it so much that she didn't have to send me any others. And I went down to the store and I picked out the fabric and pretty much picked the first one that I saw. And guess what? I love my couch. Now, do I think I could have liked another style or fabric? Yes, but I don't waste my time thinking about that and I enjoy the one that I have. So I also realized like if I buy this couch and I don't like the fabric and I don't like the style, I can sell it and I can go buy another one, right? It wasn't like this is the last couch out of Vietnam. It was not like, you know, it was not like desperation there because, and this couch was significantly more expensive than our very first couch that we purchased. So it's kind of funny that you'd think I would freak out because it's so much more money, but I was like, no, this is what I want. This is the fabric and we're good and we're just going to go with it and I'm going to like it. And if I don't like it, I can change it. So that's something that you really have to do with your brain is to snap it out of this scarcity mindset is know that nothing is final, nothing. So for the final scarcity mindset, the way to stop this cycle of I'm never going to be enough is to stop comparing oneself to others. So comparing ourselves will always rob us of the best of ourselves and it will always make us like make us come up wanting more instead of being happy with and accepting where we are in the moment. So I want you to take a look around your life this week and I want you to try and identify the areas where you are showing up in a scarcity mindset. Do you have scarcity when it comes to money, when it comes to purchases? Do you have scarcity in regards to your time and your abilities? your possibilities, and the outcomes of your life. We get to choose if we see the glass half empty or half full. So start thinking abundantly. The abundance mindset is the opposite of the scarcity mindset, right? And if you start thinking in that abundance mindset, it will be transformed formative in your life and what you are willing to do and the possibilities that lie before you. So I hope you all have an amazing week. Hop on over and leave me a review and I will be back next week and I hope you all have just a great day and I will talk to you later. Bye-bye.